ready. Ready to take a ride. Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, you can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening. You're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. Well, hello, Shannon. Brother Frank, how you doing tonight, my friend? Well, I'm doing fine. And you? I'm doing great, my brother. Welcome back, everybody. We're excited to be here with Pastor Frank Marzullo. And uh, Brother Frank, would you like to open us up in prayer? Yes, I'd like to. I found a nice prayer on the Internet, by the way. It was by uh, Beth Ann Bacchus, and I thought I might incorporate some of the things that she said and some of the things I'd like to add. Beautiful. Father God, Father God, we lift this meeting up in the name of Jesus Christ, God, Elohim, Yahweh, the Lord, Abba, Father, El Elyon, the Most High, God Most High, El Rohi, God who sees, El Shaddai, God Almighty, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides, Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner. We praise you for your love and your faithfulness towards us, your children. We praise you for being a perfect, holy, trustworthy God that is bigger than all the evil that we can experience here on earth. We ask that you give us eyes to see when evil is before us, hearts to hate evil and a desire to flee from its presence. We ask that you would not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from all evil and draw us close to yourself. We ask for a long expected Jesus to come quickly, Maranatha, Lord Jesus, come quickly and make all things new. We ask these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I say amen to that. Folks, welcome. This is a live show. Wednesday, January 24th, 2024. Brother Frank, before you bring the message, for those that may be tuning in for the first time, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your ministry? Oh, sure. Um, Well, uh, back in 1977, I was saved. So I got saved right away and, and went right into the ministry of healing and deliverance for God called me into that. So I've been around for a little bit, as almost as long as the dinosaurs, 1977. So um, anyway, the um, the ministry is basically uh, Luke 10:19, when Jesus gave us authority over serpents, scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy. And I've been trusting in that verse. I've been living in that verse. Um. I cast demons out in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, I write books. I speak at conferences and on the radio also. And I minister to people one-on-one over the telephone. If they call me, and I'll give my phone number out later on. If you call me later uh, after the program or during the day, I'm pretty much around the house and I listen to the phone uh, make sure it's not a telemarketer, and then I answer it, and we'll do some ministry over the phone if you need help. Uh, I have written 15 books on spiritual warfare and deliverance, and uh, 
basically that's what I'm going to be teaching you tonight on one of the books. It's called Overthrowing the Kingdom of Darkness with Violence. And that's my take on on the ministry. God, um, Jesus uh, came to destroy the works of the devil, and so shall we. We're supposed to destroy the works of the devil. Amen? Amen. And my friend, you got all the time you want tonight. The mic is yours. Welcome back. Thank you very much. So anyway, the title of this is called Overthrowing the Kingdom of Darkness with Violence. And I'm going to start off with Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Now, a lot of people skip over that verse, but it's so true. Uh, Jesus, he, he was a man of war. And he uh, he preached the gospel, sure. What did he do? Uh, well, let's find out what he did. He preached the gospel, the kingdom of God is at hand. He told people about repenting and coming back to God the Father. And that was one of his ministries. And he did that very well. And most of the churches do that well, too. And then he healed and he delivered people. So he healed people. He uh um, called people. He did miracles too. He healed people. He did miracles and he cast demons out. Uh, John fourteen twelve says that the things that the works that I do, you shall do, and greater works than these you shall do. Now, many of us we just rely on the first part. We rely on the fact that. Jesus preached the gospel and set the captives free, and he made a way back to the Father so that we could have eternal life. Yes, that's done very well in the churches, but they forget the last three parts of his ministry, and that was healing and uh, deliverance, and he did that rather well, and he did miracles, broke the bread, fed the 5,000, fed the 7,000, walked on water. He called Lazarus out of the tomb. So he did miracles. And so the church is not doing that. So my ministry is I want to uh, show the church what he did. And he said, these things that I do, you shall do. Wow. That means that you, the ones that are listening here tonight, are supposed to be doing exactly what Jesus did. And not... Uh, running away from, you know, the enemy and saying, oh, God, the, the, the devil's after me. The, devil. well, the greater is he that is in you than in the world family. And that's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's in you. Now, um, one of the reasons why the church has not fully taken its place in dominion and authority on this earth is because it doesn't operate with spiritual violence against the kingdom of darkness the way that Jesus did. Over the centuries, the kingdom of darkness has operated against the church with violence. But, as a whole, the church has not responded with similar fashion. What happened? All authority and power is the Father's. And he answered to his son, Jesus, in Matthew twenty-eight eighteen. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. What does he do then? Wow, he hands it to us. Luke chapter 9. 
And he called the 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. This is what we're supposed to be doing. He gave them authority and power over all demons and to cure diseases. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Then he sends the 10 out. Excuse me. He sends the uh, 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 disciples out. And Luke ten nineteen. Behold, he says, I give you authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall hurt you. But people are, are reacting all the time. They're saying, oh, the devil's after me. He's hurt me. He's done this. He's done that. But if you just take these two verses and read them and understand that you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, you have authority and power over all demons and to cure diseases that Jesus told us. Now, I've noticed in the news that a nation comes against nation. I'm sure you have too. And it's been that way throughout history. And God uses nations to overthrow other nations in warlike fashions, to purge them sometimes and clean them. Now, if you haven't read Exodus, then you don't understand. You see, Exodus is a story about overthrowing Pharaoh and Egypt, a wicked nation, and it happened. And God destroyed them all in the Red Sea at the very end. So God is warlike. Exodus 15.3, the Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Exodus 15.3, jot that down. Put it on your refrigerator. I know God is a, uh, he's a warrior. He calls his disciples and men and women uh, to be warriors too, to dismantle the kingdom of, of darkness. Throughout scripture, God uses his followers to display spiritual darkness by using violent means like i'll give you an example moses like i said before violent uh, the, the ten plagues moses calls down upon egypt violence that's all violence joshua uh, he took the land he went in by force and took the land that the promised land jehu uh, elijah david samuel and others all encountered the kingdom of darkness, and they used violence to neutralize it and remove it. Jesus overturned the money changer tables in the temple. Do you remember? Was that peaceful? No, it was violence. They were defiling the temple. You'll find that in Matthew 21, verse 12. Now, I want to talk to you a little bit about, uh, uh, I'm going to stay in Matthew. Matthew 10, and when he had called us, Twelve disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases. This is what he did. He gives us power to do this and authority. Now, these twelve, Jesus sent out and he commanded them, saying, Don't go into the way of the Gentiles, don't enter the city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, listen now, family, as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Watch this now, verse 8. Heal the sick, cleanse the leopards, raise the dead, cast out demons. Why? Freely you have received, freely give. That's right. And tonight, we're going to do some deliverance. You're going to get set free of some things. But I want you to hear how God is a, a man of war, 
and he expects his children to be men and women of war too. And it's good. We preach the gospel. We tell people about the kingdom of God and the, how to get restored back into the Father by accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And this is a first. This is a most. That's the centerpiece on the table. But on the fringes of this, we're men and women of war. We're supposed to be casting demons out, healing the sick, cleansing the leopards. Why? Freely we have received, freely give. So when Jesus died and rose from the dead, the scripture states this in Colossians 2.15. It says that he, that Jesus, disarmed principalities and powers and made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Jesus did that. So why is the church not responding in violence to the enemy when we are called to do greater things than Jesus did? The church has totally left out the element of violence and God's character. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean God's character? Watch this now. Exodus 34. Now, this is when Moses was placed in the cleft of the lift, uh, the, um, um, the uh, cleft of the cliff and God went before him and and, and uh, uh, so here's what happened the Lord descended this is verse 5 Exodus 34 verse 5 the Lord descended in a cloud and stood there with him that's Moses and he called upon the name of the Lord then the Lord passed in front of him and proclaimed. Now watch this now, family. This is the, the DNA. This is the DNA of God. Watch this now. The Lord passed in front of him and proclaimed, the Lord, this, he's given his titles. He's given what he is. The Lord, the Lord God, compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness and truth. Who keeps loving kindness for thousands, who forgives iniquity, transgression, and sin, yet he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children, to the grandchildren, to the third and fourth generations. So the church focuses in on verse 6 and the beginning of verse 7 compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness and truth, who keeps loving kindness for thousands, who forgives iniquity, transgression, and sin. Beautiful. Church, go for it. Teach it. Preach it. But they leave out the last part of verse 7, the continuation of it. It's not generally taught. Yet God's character, it's kind, it's loving, it's yes, it's all that. But it, he has shown the church, as, and we all produce this, we, we show the, the, the church, Jesus, as a lamb-like, God is a, a lamb-like, and, 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 he's, and he's, uh, he's true. But they leave out the punishing the guilty, and that requires violence. It's warlike. You see, that's the last part of it. He, uh, he uh, will not... Leave the guilty unpunished, visiting the, the iniquities on the father and children, on the grandchildren, and the third and fourth generation. That's left out most of the time. 
And a lot of times I find out that demons are assigned to those areas, generational generational curses that are passed down. You know, family, um, that's one of the ways that the enemy afflicts us, generational curses. Uh, yes, sin. Yes, he comes in through sin. He comes in through generational curses, through our ancestors, through the third and fourth generation. And by the way, we could even go on further. Uh, I think I taught that in the last session with uh, you, Shannon, that uh, I taught on uh, the sins of our fathers and curses. And I think you need to go into the archives and look that up, family, because that is um, what I'm hitting on right now. The sins of our fathers and and curses, they follow down through generational lines. And so that's pretty much left out. But that requires violence and tearing that out, you see. Uh, in the name of Jesus, we cast out demons. Well, th- that sometimes is pretty violent, and uh, it requires a lot of violence. It's warlike. Uh, so not only is God a lamb, the, the lamb, right? Jesus is the lamb of God, but he's also the lion of Judah, Hosea 5.14. So we have the, the lion and the lamb, right? <laughs> so... All of you who have listened to me before and have known me before, you know I've been a, a warlike person. I've entered the whenever I when I entered the kingdom of God, I, I was I, I became a warlike person. I went after the enemy. Um, you don't you know I don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of darkness, against the host of wickedness. I wrestle against those things, just like it says in Ephesians 6.12. That's what we we wrestle against. I understand what it means to take the kingdom of heaven by force. My God is violent, and he takes it by force. He requires his church to do the same. Now, Paul shed some light on this. He said in Ephesians 3, watch this now, Ephesians 3 Verses 9 through 11. I'm going to read out of uh, a um, New American Standard on this one because it's a little bit easier for the years. And to bring to light that what is the administration and the mystery which for ages has been hidden in God who created all things. Watch this now, verse 10. So that the manifold wisdom of God might be made known through the church to the rulers and the authorities in heavenly places. This is what um, what happens here. Uh, this is in accordance to the eternal purpose which God created for in Christ Jesus. Now, Paul is teaching us here that it is God's wisdom to use the church in overthrowing the rulers and authority in heavenly places. Isn't that what Paul preached about? That's the spiritual warfare. Now, one of the biggest heroes in the Bible is Joshua. I love Joshua. God backed him up as he went to conquer the land. As Christians, we should be identifying ourselves with Joshua. He was a man of war. God used him to clean out the land of the enemies of the Lord. One of the most exciting things I read in the Bible was God said to Joshua was, 
in Deuteronomy, it's in chapter 11, verse 23 through 25. Then the Lord will drive out all these nations before you, and you will dispose greater and mightier nations than yourselves. Listen, family, there's a lot of garbage in us. We have... We have demonic things that are in us that need to be driven out in the name of Jesus Christ. And so Joshua here is an example for us. And he and it says that in verse 24, every place on which the sole of your foot treads, treads, remember that, treads, shall be yours for the from the wilderness of Lebanon, uh, from the river of Phrates, even to the western sea shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand against you. The Lord your God will put the dread of you and the fear of you upon all the land where you tread, tread, remember the word tread, just as he has said to you. Wow. (laughs) In other words, when a Christian is operating in faith, a born-again, spirit-filled Christian approaches any matter as a representative of the kingdom of God. He or she brings the climate or the atmosphere to that uh, of God to it, sickness, disease, uh, illness, dark areas of a person's life, all change when the soul of your foot, the born-again Christian, the spirit-filled Christian, treads. Just like Joshua. Now, treads is very interesting. Treads is an interesting word here. You know, all the demons, when they, they see you coming, they should be running for their lives. When de- when they see you coming upon a situation or addressing a situation that is demonic in nature, they should be running when they see this. Well, a lot of times they don't because uh, they're not afraid of you. And I don't... Uh, why is that? Why Why aren't they? Because you are not operating in the authority that God gave you over them. That's why. Now, it's a very interesting word, tread. What does it mean? It means to set down the foot. This is what I found in the, in the dictionary. Tread means to set down the foot or to steep or, or, or to walk, uh, to step, to trample. Oh, there's that word again, trample. As depressed or to crush or to injure. Oh, trample. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Luke ten nineteen. Whoa, trample. I give you authority to what? Jesus says, trample. Trample. Tread upon the enemy. Wow, this is great. Get a, you know, get this and put this, take this to the bank, family. So we're to trample. Another thing is to crush or to injure trample the enemy to trample to crush underfoot it's warlike that's right this is what we're supposed to be doing we're supposed to be operating in a warlike action against the devil and his demons wherever you put the your sole of your foot to crush it to trample it that's your territory that's right we when we kick the devil out of our territory that becomes our territory now, God's territory. Hallelujah. Jesus, uh, uh, who is God, told the church the very same thing. Like I said in Luke ten nineteen, I give you authority to trample the crush underfoot. Andrew, set your foot down on the serpents and the scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall harm you. 
So, one of the reasons the church has not taken its place or dominion in authority is because it doesn't operate with this trampling, with this violence against the enemy. <laughs> violence against the enemy. That's right. Oh, listen, you know, the gospel is true, it's pure, it's clean. But we are also given authority over the enemy. And a lot of times people don't use their own authority that Jesus gave them against their spiritual enemies. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, um, Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, Jesus tells us that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. You know, he was talking to Peter, but he's also talking to to us, the gates of hell will not prevail against the well. So what happened? The, our God is a mighty man of war, King of kings, Lord of lords, and as the church, we are His children. Why is the church not responding to the enemy? Listen, I go to I go to different churches and I preach and I teach. Sometimes I just go and sit and listen. And I go into different churches, and they're given the first part of the gospel, which is great. You know, come into the kingdom. The blood of Jesus has saved you, and accept him as Savior. Would you please raise your hand? Will you come forward? This is all great. But when that happens, these people need to know that they have authority now. And they need to understand where their authority lies. So somewhere, somehow, the church has uh, brought in, into the notion that it's ungodly to be violent. That's not true. That's the furthest thing from the truth. This is not the case. Because taking back what the enemy stole from us requires violence, violent prayers, like David prayed against this enemy. And we'll get into that at the end here, because I'm going to teach you how David prayed. I'll discuss this later. Um, let me uh, remind you, first of all, that we Ephesians 6.12 says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but it's against principalities, powers, and um a rulers of darkness of this age and spiritual hosts of wickedness. Now, so our, our warfare is not directed against people, but it's against these things that Paul is writing, these four things here. But we wrestle against that list here. Principalities. <laughs> if you don't understand that, read Daniel chapter 9 and 10. Principalities. Prince of Persia that he that came to fight against Michael and Gabriel. You'll you'll understand once you read that. And then powers and all these things here. So these are four separate forms of evil that Paul writes about, and each one has to be dealt with wrestling. Wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. Huh. And um we are looking at uh, Matthew chapter 23:25 and woe to you scribes and Pharisees for you clean the outside of the cup and the dish but inside is full of uh, extortion and self-indulgence this is a good example of God telling us that there are two personal areas to deal with the outside of us and the inside of us 
the outside, of course, is, I told you about the warfare. Um, and I really do impress upon you to read Daniel chapter 9 and Daniel chapter 10. The warfare that's going on on the outside and uh, the inside of us. Um, now, interesting thing that Jesus said in Luke ten eighteen, he says, while you were praying, uh, the, the disciples came back with all the reports of all the healings and the and when Jesus sent them out, and they said that even the demons are subject to us in, in your name. Now, when he when that happened, Jesus said to them, I was watching Satan fall like lightning. Why? Because of the violent prayers that these disciples were, <laughs> were praying. They were praying for people and healing people in Jesus' name. And this is violence, and this is... Uh, and Jesus says, I saw Satan. That was violent. Satan falling like lightning. <laughs> uh, the word states that uh, there are several things that are trying to separate us from the love of God. And, and it says that in, in Romans 8.38, principalities. It says, um, neither, I'm convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities are things present nor things to come or powers nor height, nor depth, or any created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So there are several things that are trying to separate us from the love of God. There are angels, principalities, and powers in that verse. But the word says that we they can't even separate us from God's love. So there's a war to try to separate you from God's love, family. There's a war to try to separate you from God's love. A lot of people feel rejected. We just came out of, uh, uh, in the United States here, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Uh, Christmas is around the world too. But um, during that time, there's so much depression and people are so depressed over these in this area of time, uh, uh, and there's a war going on to separate you at from God's love at this time. And so, a family, if you're feeling depressed or lonely or even suicidal, there's a separation of God's love. The devil is trying to separate you with his. Uh, tactics with his uh, dominion with his principalities so there's a war going on now i learned uh how to be violent at an early age to to win to win and be when i was in high school when i was in junior high uh and high school uh i was on several things i was on uh, in high school i was into gymnastics and things but during my junior high years, I was into wrestling, and in my school days, I was on a wrestling team. I was undefeated, and it took much practice, many hours, learning techniques and maneuvers, much sweat, energy, and hours were spent on learning what my opponent might do in order to for them to win, and that's what we need to do. We need to understand what the enemy is doing and why he's doing it. But, you know, a lot of times we just go through life and we don't understand what 
you know, happened to us or why it happened. Well, understand this. The devil is trying to separate you from God's love, and he's doing maneuvers, and he's doing things that would try to – and believe me, he's trained. He knows how to do this. So anyway, back in my school days, I studied hard to use my skill. I wanted to learn what my opponent would do in order for them to win. So I went after – that knowledge i went and that's why i'm in probably deliverance today because i want to know what the devil's doing so i can fight him um so every time i went on the mat to wrestle i wrestled to win it was violent i was determined not to lose victory was my only thought even if my opponent was getting the better of me I would not accept defeat. There's many times that I remember that the opponent was getting the better of me. And that sometimes the devil gets the better of you. Admit it, family. Sometimes he does. I violently overthrew all my opponents to be undefeated while I was on the team. And this is very interesting. Now, you'll get a kick out of this. A lot of the times after my match with my opponent, and I defeated my opponent. They would say something like this. You got me this time, Marzullo, but next time I'm going to get you. Even though, uh, and we both laugh and, you know, we struck it off. But I never forgot my opponent's determination. And neither should you. The devil is determined to beat you. He's determined to win. Even though he's defeated by the blood of Jesus Christ. He is determined still to try to defeat you. And uh, I'll never forget that. We are still wrestling principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and spiritual hosts of wickedness. Even though they're defeated. Even though they're defeated, we're still wrestling against them. So I want to ask you a question, family. Why didn't Jesus just wipe them out and judge the enemy back then at the cross? Why didn't he do that? Well, I found the answer. Uh, I was reading the Bible one day in Judges chapter 3, and it, uh, it dawned on me the reason why he just didn't wipe them out and say, okay, enemy, you're defeated. You Christians have victory from now on, and you're going to live in victory from now on. Well, what what happened? Why are we still fighting the enemy? Well, I, the answer is found in Judges chapter 3. Now, these are the nations which the Lord left. The Lord left. Now, watch this now. These are the nations which the Lord left that he might test Israel by them. That is, all who had not known any of the wars of Canaan. Oh, are you going to get, are you catching this? This was only so that the generations of the children of Israel might be taught to know war. God left them there. He left the enemy there so that Israel would be taught to know war. And let me continue on. At least those who had not formally known it, namely the five lords of the Philistines, all the Canaanites, all the Sidonites, all the Hivites who dwelt in Mount Lebanon, from Mount Baal, Hermon, to the entrance of Hermoth. They were left, verse 4, 
And they were left that he, that's God, might test Israel by them to know whether they would obey the commandments of the Lord, which he had commanded their fathers by the hand of Moses. So God left some of the enemy here. Why? Because he wanted to teach his children to know war. They were left there to test Israel's loyalty. And I believe that's what happened today with Jesus. He died on the cross. He shed his blood. He defeated the enemy. All principalities and powers are defeated. But he left them there defeated so that he might test us as Christians to know war. Oh, my gosh. Are you getting this, family? Are you getting this? Today, the church, we are in the same circumstance. We are faced with the enemy that, that has been defeated so that we, the church, might be taught war. God wants to, his bride to be set apart and holy with no compromising of the enemy. Wow. And once you do, you surrender to the enemy. But, you know, if you fight the enemy, then, you know, the test is on. So start cleaning your house of darkness. Listen, over the years, we, um, my, my uh, former wife, my uh, wife that passed away, that uh, I, I, uh, we cleaned out demonic things in the house. We had um, um, uh, clean-up parties. We would uh, call the church together and we'd say, okay, it's time to go through your house and look for, for items that snuck into your house, something that needs to be destroyed and clean it out. And this is the first step, uh, I believe, of of overthrowing the enemy with violence. So we went through a house. We we operated in Deuteronomy chapter seven, verse twenty-five and twenty-six, and says it says, uh, "You shall burn the carved." Images of their gods with fire. You shall not covet the gold or silver that is on them, or take it for yourself, lest you be snared by it. For it is an abomination to the Lord your God. What's an abomination? Ah, it's vomit. It's hate. God hates it. It's cursed. Verse twenty-six. Nor shall you bring an abomination into your house, lest you be doomed to destruction like it. So when you bring it into your home, you bring the abomination into your house, you're doomed to destruction just like it. You shall utterly detest it and utterly abhor it, for it is a cursed thing. So also uh, clean out the demonic relationships, by the way, family. There are cut and sever them. There are people who are walking with you that – but they're not for you. They're with you, but not for you. Listen, family, there are some demonic relationships you need to cut and sever. They can create spiritual problems in your life if they're jealous or they don't fully agree with who you are and what you're doing. So they may gossip or speak ill of you, of your ministry. And when they do, they release that spoken curse against you in your ministry and release demons to steal, kill, and destroy you. So there are some people that you need to cut and sever. And thirdly, clean out your own spiritual house, the inside of the cup, which is deliverance, which we're going to do at the end here. We're going to do some. And this is very important that you listen, family, carefully and don't brush over that. Uh, You know, when you don't be defiled, don't walk out of this message 
staying defiled. Be crystal clear and honest with yourself. If you need to confess something, get rid of it. If it's demonic behavior or attitudes, get rid of it. Do an inventory in the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Now, Jeremiah 48.10 says this, Cursed is he who does the work of the Lord deceitfully, and cursed is he who keeps back his sword from blood. You know, when we see the enemy, when we see the enemy in front of us, and we pretend not to see him, and we decline to engage him in warlike action, the Lord says in this passage, that that person's cursed. If you cease, if you don't shed, if you don't go at, with uh, after him, and you keep back your sword from blood, if you don't go after him, then you are cursed. If you see it and you know it, God exposes the enemy that can be engaged in in, in warfare. He exposes it, and he gives us the name of the Lord, the blood of Jesus, and the word to violently slash the enemy. So a long time, the church has been emasculated. It just doesn't operate in this. There's no real victory. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober spirit, be on your alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion trying, seeking someone to devour. And so the, the he's operating in violence against you. And now it's time for you to operate in violence against him and kick him out. Uh, 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 God is violent. You know, Psalm 18, verse 14 says that he sent his arrows and scattered the foe, lightning and abundance, and he vanquished them. He sent his arrows. What's that? Warlike. God does that. Spiritual warfare. Hmm. So our words to the enemy are to be like arrows and lightning in the name of Jesus. You know, we are are to shoot the arrows of the Lord like lightning bolts at whatever the enemy is doing in your life, cancer, blindness, digestive disorders, sickness, disease, health problems, family problems. Oh, come on, family. You know, sometimes, you know, we're of, uh, we we just, just don't operate like that we want to operate in touchy-feely, cotton candy Christianity. But God calls us to be violent. He's like a, the devil's like a roaring lion and trying to devour us. But we need to scatter him with the arrows of God, with the arrows of the Lord. Turn and, uh, we need to look at that. Uh, you know, Acts chapter 17, verse 6 says, describing the apostles these men were known as the ones who turned the world upside down and and shouldn't you and i be like that but shouldn't we have battle plans against the enemy like he's got against us you know um i was telling you about things that snuck in to our our home here we had a burning party we took them out and we burned them well watch this now now um um, my wife that passed away was talking to one of the members of the church here, and I and uh, about a, a sandal, a brand name sandal that was very comfortable, and they mentioned the name Teva, T E V A. That was the brand of the sandal, 
And so Jill said, oh, I've got one of those. And she went back in her closet and she brought it out and she looked at it and she and it was very comfortable. She loved the sandal. Uh, and I'm telling you, family, things sneak in. Now, watch this now. We looked at it. We looked at the – and there was a tiny hazma on the back of the strap. Now, uh, it's a uh, uh, an image of a hand with a swirl or a palm in it uh, or an eye with a swirl with, with a, in the palm. And below the image is an explanation. I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk to you about the explanation of hazma. This symbol clearly represents an amulet, for it's used to ward off evil and protection. This is on the sandal, and um, so it's had a swirl, an eye, or a heart design in the middle of, with a palm in the middle of the palm, and uh, so the Bible says. I'm going to teach you now. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 20, this is a very, this is the first commandment of God. God's a jealous God. He wants no other worship. He wants nobody to go to any other source for healing or deliverance or, or to get wisdom or knowledge or, or protection. So God is very jealous. He says this in Exodus chapter 20, verses 3 through 5, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness, or anything in, that is in heaven above or in the earth beneath, and the water under the earth. You should not bow down to them or serve them or serve them, for I am the Lord your God. I'm a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of the fathers of the children to the third and fourth generation to those that had me. In other words, curses come down through the generational line if you do this. Watch this now. So. We willfully bring these images into our house, this image, this amulet. The Hazma uh, represents a Middle Eastern goddess, a Middle Eastern goddess whose hand wards off evil. So when we cleaned the house, we found that it was warding off evil, and we saw other items in our possessions – child's game of cards, occultism on the face of the cards, a lucky charm, and others brought books and CDs and clothing and occultism, and they were all, um, one brought a, a, a Egyptian scarab, a beetle, uh, a, a hat with a demonic name on it, and so people brought these various things into uh, our backyard. We put them in a, a the fire pit, and we burn them. We we didn't take it to be doomed like it. We didn't take it into ourselves. We didn't care how much it cost or whatever. We just got rid of it. And, and so you should too. You should do that, family. Go and through out and clean clean out the house. Clean out the the outside of the cup. Clean the and then do some deliverance. So when do you buy items when you go out on vacation and you buy items and receive items from other people or souvenirs? Uh, you go on vacation and are you got to look for demonic attachments to these things. So you may have these things that may have snuck into your house. People gave them to you and they uh, they have a legal right. Demons have a legal right to visit these demonic things. You have to uh, get them out of your house. Now um, – Take this seriously. Clean out your possessions. And like I said, clean out some friends too that 
have walked with you, but they're not with you or for you. So this is a, um, a ministry of Jesus. Uh, uh, God uses, I, I, I mentioned to you earlier about David's style of warfare. It's very interesting that this was a man noted for being after God's own heart. He was, a, he, he loved God. He, he was in love with God. He was after God's own heart and he was noted for that. And he, why? Because he was a worshiper warrior. He, he was a warrior. He cleaned house. He worshiped God. He loved God. But he was also a warrior. And it's very interesting, interesting that a lot of David's prayers against his enemies and against the Lord's enemies were very violent. And at the end here, we're going to go over some of those. Before I begin, I want to remind you that our warfare is directed against demonic spirits, demonic powers, demonic rulers, demonic principalities, not against flesh and blood. Just remember that. It's not against people, but it's against these other spiritual things. So I want you to listen very carefully. God uses violence to turn people back to him when they have gone far away from him. He gets the glory when people repent and return. What do you mean? Well, how about the incident in 1 Kings 18 when 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Astora were slain. Violence for the for the nation of Israel to repent and return to God. It was a violent cleansing. Sometimes there's violent cleansing, and God wants us to do that. He wants us to be violent against our enemies, our spiritual enemies. So Paul delivers the person over to Satan. Watch this now. This is not very interesting. 1 Corinthians 5.5. 5. This person uh, was turned over to Satan so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. Please turn there and look at it. There's violence there. As you read, Paul calls us to cut off all association with immoral people, so-called brothers, and don't eat with them. So uh, you'll find that as he labels in verse 11, 1 Corinthians 5, 11, immoral, covetous, idolater, revilers, <laughs> revilers, drunkards, swindlers. I'm going to go back to revilers. Revilers, most people don't know what a reviler is. It's a person who speaks assailing and abusive words, who rebukes and criticizes harshly. Uh, you wouldn't think that is a sin, but God says, cut off that association with that person. You know, they'll list it as immoral persons, and the church isn't even is supposed to associate with that person. Why? Because it releases curses. The person's tongue releases curses when they're, spe- when they're speaking assailing and abusive words or are criticizing harshly. Wow. What's that? Grumbling? Wow. Grumbling. How about that? Why? Well, Isaiah 54:17 states that the words can be weapons formed against you. No weapon shall be formed against Listen, every weapon formed against you. Wow. <laughs> it's spoken word. Every word spoken against you in judgment shall be condemned, for this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Why? Because curses are released from words. Words. So, God wants us to be violent and separate ourselves from some people thank you lord paul was relying on 
on um, the same principle when God's power prevailed over evil. First comes awe and then righteousness and then repentance. That's what happens when the raw power of God, the real, real life war that is so extremely violent is blowing up, right? Real, real war is blowing up, uh, uh, stabbing, hacking, limbs off, teeth shattered, smashed, broken. This is what happens in real war, humiliation, confused, scattered, broken bones. Warfare is ugly and violent. And David was a warrior. He saw this. You know, the first thing he did was cut off the head of Goliath. Goliath. That was a war. That was violence. David was a warrior. He fought wars. He took his enemies by violence. He crushed them. So if you want real victory, we should view the way David viewed war. Uh, here's some of the things. I'm going to share some of the things with you, and then we're going get, to get into some deliverance. Shannon, give me a couple of minutes extra, please. you got all the time you want, up to another hour. <laughs> well, I won't take that long, but I'll go some here. So if you want real victory, we should view spiritual warfare through David's eyes. And uh, here's some of the things that he prayed. He prayed against – watch this now. I'm, uh, I'm going to go pretty quick here, but jot them down. Get a pen and paper. Here we go. I've incorporated these type of prayers in my warfare and spiritual warfare. When I, when I pray, sometimes I go right into the, the way David prayed. And uh, here, Psalm 5 verse 10 write that down psalm 5 verse 10 hold them guilty O god by their own devices let them fall psalm 55 9 confuse O lord divide their tongues wow confuse and divide their tongues split their tongues psalm 9, verse 6, uproot their cities. That's violence. Uproot their cities. Psalm 140, verse 9, let them fall into their own traps and snares. That's violence. Psalm 37, a correction. Psalm 3, 7, strike them on their jaw and break their teeth. That's violence. Now, when we get into prayer, I'm going to show you how that works. Psalm 58, verse 6, break the teeth, tear out the fangs of lions, tear out the fangs. Listen, when I pray against the enemy, sometimes uh, uh, I see things. Sometimes people come to me and they got fang marks on their body and they got bite marks and they've got scratches, the uh, claw marks on their body. And sometimes when they when they sh- present that to me or they show me a picture of it, I go back into the day that David prayed and I say, break their teeth, tear out their fangs in the name of Jesus. Okay, Psalm 610. All my enemies be ashamed, confused, and dismayed. Psalm eighty-three, seventeen. All my enemies be ashamed and dismayed and perish and disgrace. That's right. We can send the devils back to where they came. Psalm thirty-five, verse four. Ashamed, dishonor, humiliated, who devise evil against me. Psalm seventy-one, thirteen. Ashamed and confused, covered with reproach and dishonor, who seek to injure me. 
Psalm 83, 17, ashamed, dismayed forever, humiliated, and perish. Psalm 73, 18, cast down the rune. Psalm 18, verse 14, God's arrows scatter the enemy. Psalm 53, 5, God scatter, excuse me, God scattered the bones of the enemy and puts them to shame. He scatters their bones. Psalm 37, 17, for the arm of the wicked shall be broken. Break their arms. Break the arms of those demons. Proverbs, verse eleven fifteen. the wicked are brought down by their own wickedness. And I believe that the way David prayed against his enemies is appropriate when we pray against our spiritual forces of darkness. And we know that whatever we bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven, Matthew 18, 18. So we bind principalities, we bind powers, we bind rulers of darkness, we bind the host of wickedness and every demon that is assigned to us in the name of Jesus Christ. And according to Luke ten nineteen, we have authority over the power of the enemy. Therefore, I exercise my authority as a believer, and I command every principality, power, ruler of darkness, and host of wickedness, and all the demons, to be void of their power over me and over all the listeners on this radio station today in the name of Jesus, and to leave them and come out in Jesus' name. Now, the imagery that is here that we use in spiritual warfare against spiritual forces of darkness right this is imagery demons are bodily spirits and and in no place in scripture does it say that they have human form but like i said before as i minister to people i see bite marks claw marks scratches that people have been tormented by so for the sake of this ministry i'll use imagery as if evil spirits have hands arms teeth fangs etc i will use the imagery of that and um remember uh family we have victory over this in jesus name thank you lord thank you lord in the name of Jesus Christ, I break and smash every violent in violent warfare, your grip over our life in, in the name of Jesus, our lives. All those that are listening, take this to heart. I smash with violent warfare your grip over my life, Satan and you demons. I command your teeth and your fangs to be shattered, your lying tongues to be divided, and for you to be ripped up, ripped out, and your arms and hands to be broken in, in the name of Jesus Christ, for, for you to be showered by the arrows of the Lord, I command you to be brought down to your own wickedness and to fall into your own your own traps. I cast you down the rune in order to uh, return back to you, and I command you to return back to your master in humiliation and shame and defeat, confused and perish and disgrace 
you demons. I command your, your confusion on your enemy lines, all on your communication. I command confusion upon you in the name of Jesus Christ for your cities that you have built up in me and in, in all these listeners to be uprooted in your dominions and your principalities and your powers to be cast down and defeat. I command every host of wickedness that was assigned to us to be bound and powerless and void of its power and to come out in the name of Jesus. That's right, you, the ones that are afflicting us with cancer, blindness, digestive disorder, sickness, disease, health problems. I command you to be powerless and all the family problems and, and uh, all sexual problems. I command a spirit of affliction. I command you to come out in the name of Jesus. Bitterness, unforgiveness, destruction, violence, temper, murder, anger, rebellion. I command you to come out in Jesus' name. All strife, all quarreling, all arguments, all criticism. Come out in Jesus' name. The spirit of Jezebel now come out and G- Ahab come out in Jesus name all uh, sadism hurt spite revenge come out all hatred and cruelty come out in the name of Jesus insecurity uh, come out in Jesus name out 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 jealousy out withdrawal out escape indifference indifference come out in Jesus name uh, all hatred come out escape leave passivity alcoholism uh, all drug Drug use, a pharmacia, come out in Jesus' name. All laziness, come out. Lethargy, despair, suicide, death, I command you to come out in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ. Every spirit of tension, worry, apprehension, fear of disapproval, fear of men, I command you to come out in Jesus' name. Insanity, madness, retardation, come out in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, all spirits of unbelief, unbelief, skepticism, out, indecision, come out in Jesus' name, out in Jesus, all confusion, failure, failure, come out, all lying, ego, pride, come out in Jesus' name, out, theatrics, come out in Jesus' name, out in the name of Jesus, you spirit of stealing, out, distrust, come out in Jesus' name, out in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 Now, family, something stirred inside of you when I did that. When I said those things, when I addressed those demons, when I addressed those demons, something stirred inside of you. Say, I renounce and I turn away from that in the name of Jesus. And now I repent. I'm sorry, Lord. Forgive me. And the Bible's very clear about that. If you ask God to forgive you, He's faithful to forgive you. He's faithful to forgive you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. First John one nine. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We trust you, Lord Jesus. We trust the blood of Jesus for our salvation. What he did on the cross, we trust that. We don't put our trust in words. We trust the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you've never said that before, family, 
And they repeat that with me. I trust the blood of Jesus for forgiving me. He shed his blood on the cross to forgive me of my sins. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay, Shannon, back to you. Great message today. Brother Frank, uh, what would you like to title this for the archive? Overthrowing the Kingdom of Darkness with Violence? That's to it. That, you got it, brother. All right. Great message. Now, I want you to tell people about how they can find you on the web, tune into more great teaching, and support your ministry. Well, sure. Um, you you can go to my website. I, I'm having a little problem with one of them, so I'm going to give you Frank Marzullo. That's M-A-R-Z as in zebra, U-L-L-O. Frank Marzullo at, I'm sorry, frankmarzullo.com. frankmarzullo.com. Um I do a Zoom meeting, too, at the last Saturday of the month. So I do, and you have to go into the website and register for Zoom, and you have to have Zoom downloaded on the, the device that you'll be using. And I do basically the same thing again, but I have more. I have a open mic at the end for questions and answers. And most of the time, um, they're pretty easy to answer, but every once in a while I get stumped by it, and uh, I don't have the answer for it. But somebody in that Zoom meeting does. That's so amazing how God does that. Um, so that's at the last part of the month. Uh, I, I just got a call from somebody from Australia. They'll listen to you, Shannon. They'll listen to this meeting. Great. Or these meetings. Yeah, your radio is reaching out. Um I have not been able to connect with her, and I'm hoping she's listening tonight. Please call me, or I'll call you after this meeting. It'll be, I think Australia is in 16 hours difference from where I am. So it'll be the right time to call. Now, um, like I said before, if you hit my answer machine, that's because I either am not home or... uh, I'm just listening to the answer machine from a distance in the room. But um, what else? Oh, uh, I'm sure that you're going to want to know how people could support me, right? Absolutely. How can they do that? They can't. <laughs> they could support you. Oh. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, here's what I mean. <laughs> Now, you've eaten in restaurants, family. You've gone to a restaurant, right? You've gone to a restaurant, you sat down, you had a meal, and they hand you a bill, right? You don't get up and take that bill to another restaurant and pay it at another another restaurant. You paid at the restaurant where you ate at, and that's what happens here. This is the storehouse. In Malachi 3, it says, bring the whole tithe to the storehouse. This is the storehouse. Shannon Davis is the storehouse. He provides uh, you to get healed and delivered on the radio for free. Well, guess what? You're entitled to walk away and not pay. That's 
for sure. But this is the storehouse, and if you want to bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, then bless Shannon Davis. He is doing his ministry, and he's providing it, and he's putting people on that have a way of of, of ministering to you in a, a different way. So each one is a little different. Bring your tithe to Shannon Davis, and Shannon's going to tell you how to support his ministry. I don't want your money. I want... I just want to come in and I want to teach you doctrine. I want to teach you how to get set free. Uh, and but Shannon, it, really Shannon is the one who's providing this. So go ahead and Shannon, give your information out how they can uh, provide for you. Well, praise the Lord. If people like to do that, you can simply go to the website omegamanradio.com. There's a couple ways to do it once you get there. And we appreciate everybody who has supported the program to fuel another show. And please uh, tell a person about the program you heard you heard tonight. Share a copy of this MP3 with this awesome teaching from Pastor Frank Marzullo with everybody you can. Um, Brother Frank, we love and appreciate you. It's great to be working with you, my friend. And uh, I'm making up a schedule right now for February. Look at your calendar and get me a couple dates that work for you. And we're looking forward to okay, having you back Shannon. on. Okay, we'll do. Folks, go to frankmarzullo.com. And uh, can they find you again up on Facebook or YouTube, did you say? They could probably Google me and find out. Now, there's other Frank Marzullos in the world, so um, uh, look for the guy with the mustache. Okay. <laughs> we'll put a link to the website up there. My friend, God Richie, bless you. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you for coming on. That was a great message. God bless you, Shannon. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Folks, Pastor Frank Marzullo. FrankMarzullo.com. Okay, if you're coming in late today, we started early. Uh, Wednesdays we do international shows in the morning, and then we're back here in the evening for the evening programs. I've already got everything uploaded for you. We had earlier today Elvis Newhart from Germany. Michael Cummins from England, David Measures from England. We read some of the word. That was Frank Marzullo. Coming up about an hour from now, we're going to have Doug Perry. Uh, Tomorrow, full schedule and Friday. By the way, I'm posting the schedule at the top of my Facebook wall each day. I just pin it as the top post. And that seems to be working out pretty good. So if you would like to get a preview of what's coming go there. Now we've had a lot of changes here on the program in the last year. We were doing um, morning programs for about six months or more. Tried something new. That was all right. Actually, I'm glad to be back on these evening programs again. My sleep schedule is back to normal. Pretty much. Praise God for that. So, we're back on a full-time schedule that began January 1. Monday through Friday, we start at 7 p.m. Eastern. Wednesdays, as I mentioned, we'll have the uh, international shows. They start about 9 a.m. Eastern to 10. Robert Avila will be on next week. And um, what else? All the shows are getting uploaded pretty quickly now to Podbean. That's my master mother hub. From there, there's about 12 sites that pick up the RSS feed. So if you go to omegamanradio.podbean.com, You'll find um, the other links to the platforms if you choose to listen via an app. Now, 
once again, uh, website is omegamanradio.com. So be sure and check that out. And uh, I'm also working on remastering for you the uh, broadcasts that go back all the way to the beginning of time, which was uh, episode one. We call those the reloaded broadcast. And bit by bit, we're getting those put back up. Now, did I say omegamanradio.podbean.com? No, it's omegaman.podbean.com. Excuse me. omegaman.podbean.com. That's a shortcut. Or just go to my website. Now, we also have an app. For those that want an app, Podbean. But omegaman.podbean.com. That's a direct link from a computer. All the shows are free. And uh, I am still looking at uh, an option just to load the whole catalog back up online. There's 10,000. Tonight will be 10,700 shows. We're Praise the Lord, we're within 300 shows as of tonight from hitting the new milestone, 11,000 episodes. To God be the glory. Without the Lord, we would not have gotten this far. That's for sure. But uh, we're going to go as far as we can. Uh, we're in thir- year 13, and uh, I'm honored to have these great men and women of God, as you're hearing today, on this program to teach and equip the saints, the programs. Again, uh, go up there. They're free download, free stream. Send them to whoever you'd like to. We want to get them out far and wide. We're not presently on YouTube. I tried to make a comeback on Channel 8 a few weeks ago only to get a uh, warning that I had uh, violated their standards. Next would be a strike. And that was a show I did like in 2010. I mean, come on. So, you know, this program is just too volatile for YouTube. Uh, The censors over there are alive and well. But in the terms of podcasting, um, we're untouchable right now. Thank you, Jesus, for that. The big censors on, you know, for video platforms will censor you, but they can't get me in the world of podcasting. Not yet. So that's where you'll find me. We are a podcast network. We're not YouTubers. Now, if you can survive on YouTube, more power to you, but I've tried eight times and just doesn't work out for us. You know, because we're not going to throttle what we say. If we want to talk about COVID-19 right now, I'm going to talk about it. And, uh, you know, we uh, we are not sponsored by YouTube as a result. So uh, we have no advertisers. If you would like uh, to see us continue these broadcasts, please help wherever you can. Every bit helps. We live by faith. And I am working on trying to get some side gigs going on to uh, bring in some additional income. And uh, we're working on that. So just keep us in prayer. Bit by bit, this thing's going to keep going forward. Okay. What else do I need to mention? Uh, That's it. OmegaManRadio.com. Sign up for the Substack, by the way. That's my email list. And if we get deplatformed one day on Facebook and you don't see me there, um, you can still get me through my website, and I'll still be able to contact you by sending out an email alert to you. If there's something urgent you need, other than the website information. I think that's it for right now. Uh, praise the Lord. Let's uh, go to a song, and then I've got a Win Worley audio to play for you. In the remaining time we've got for our next guest at top of the hour, Doug Perry will be back. Okay. 
With that, let me save this program, in fact, so I can get it uploaded for you, and we'll be right back. Get ready to refresh. <laughs> 